Hello, friends. Welcome to the Functional Nurse Practitioner Podcast. I'm a board-certified family nurse practitioner who believes in utilizing functional medicine strategies in order to provide a more comprehensive approach for optimal health. The current model of care in healthcare is very lacking, which led me down the road of functional medicine. Functional medicine is a systems biology approach, which looks at uncovering the root causes for the symptoms we are having in order to allow for healing versus simply applying a band-aid to the situation. I believe we need an integrative approach of both conventional and functional medicine in order to provide the best care possible. I feel so strongly about this that I had to leave my conventional medicine practice. While conventional medicine thrives with acute care issues, there is much to be desired with regards to chronic conditions. No longer could I practice in an institution where volume of patients rather than optimization of health was its driving force. I started my own practice specializing in functional medicine where I work with my clients to uncover their unique story. Utilizing the functional medicine timeline and matrix, identifying the antecedents, triggers, and mediators driving the disease process assists with getting to the root causes of the symptoms in order to allow for healing. This personalized approach leads to improved health outcomes. If you want to work with me and live in Indiana, head on over to my website at www.thefunctionalnursepractitioner.com and click the link to book your free introductory call. Just a quick disclaimer that this podcast is meant for educational purposes only and is not meant to diagnose or be a substitute for medical advice from your practitioner. Also, if you like what you hear on this show, I would be real appreciative if you would leave a review on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you're listening from, and subscribe to the show. Okay, on to today's episode. Today, I want to talk about a very interesting topic, glutamine. I first learned about glutamine at IFM, the Institute of Functional Medicine, where I received my formal functional medicine training. Glutamine is something that I have used as a supplement and also have recommended that many of my clients use for a period of time. Today's show was prompted by a question from Neil. Neil asked, I think I have a leaky gut and I was doing a few Google searches and came across glutamine. Can this help with leaky gut? Thank you, Neil, for your question. As a reminder, if you have an idea for a show, a question, or comment, send me a DM, email, comment on a YouTube video, and I will give you a shout out. Before you, and that means all of you, all of my friends listening today, before you go running out to purchase glutamine, I want to dive deep into this topic as the research surrounding glutamine is thoroughly fascinating and is something I feel you need to know. You know I am a science nerd, but it is okay if you are not. I promise to not go off the science deep end, just deep into the science. (laughs) I am feisty today. This is going to be a fabulous show today, my friends. Today's outline, segment one, what is glutamine? Segment two, glutamine's role in gut health. Segment three, glutamine immune connection. Segment four, 
food sources of glutamine, and segment five, glutamine supplementation. I have been wanting to do a show on glutamine for months now. I will say that immersing myself into the research opened my eyes even more. Definitely one of the many things I love about researching topics. I never go into research with a closed mind. It is imperative that we remain open-minded so we can see the strengths and weaknesses of the research. Just because there is a paper written on something doesn't make the claim a fact. I've mentioned this before on the show. Back when I was in NP school, I would purposefully choose a research topic that I did not agree with. One can argue for or against almost anything. I look at the collective information and also the science behind the claim or claims. For complete transparency with today's topic, I am a fan of glutamine. Not necessarily supplementing with it, but a fan nonetheless. Are you ready for this convo? You know I am. I've got many drinks here in front of me. My smoothie, water, carbonated water with a hint of green tea and grapefruit extract. So yummy. Let's lean into glutamine. Glutamine is the most abundant amino acid in the body. Glutamine is a conditionally essential amino acid. We've spoken before about essential versus non-essential. Essential means that the body requires it but cannot make it, so we must obtain it through our diet. Conditionally essential nutrients are substances that are typically non-essential under normal circumstances, but become essential under certain conditions or circumstances. Some amino acids are conditionally essential. This means that although the body can usually synthesize them, there are situations where the body's capacity to produce these amino acids becomes insufficient. For example, during times of illness, stress, rapid growth, or certain medical conditions, the demand for specific amino acids may exceed the body's ability to produce them, making these amino acids conditionally essential. Glutamine is primarily created through the action of the enzyme glutamine synthetase. Glutamine synthetase plays a crucial role in facilitating the formation of glutamine from its precursor molecules, typically involving the combination of glutamate and ammonia. Glutamine plays physiologically significant functions in diverse metabolic processes, acting as an intermediary in energy metabolism and serving as a substrate for the production of peptides and non-peptides, including nucleotide bases, neurotransmitters, and glutathione. We went in-depth all about glutathione in our two-part series focusing on this master antioxidant, episodes 53 and 54, Definitely a conversation you need to hear if you missed it. Why are there so many words to describe something in science? Glutamine serves as a precursor for the antioxidant glutathione, playing a crucial role in preserving cellular redox status and shielding cells from oxidative damage. Additionally, glutamine functions as a pivotal alternative substrate, supplying the tri 
carboxylic acid cycle, aka the TCA or Krebs cycle, and fueling oxidative metabolism in substances where glucose metabolism is compromised. This process primarily occurs in skeletal muscle, lungs, adipose tissue, and the liver. Functioning as a precursor, glutamine has gained recognition as a noteworthy signaling molecule that initiates processes such as protein synthesis, cell growth, and differentiation, playing a crucial role in cellular development. We covered a lot of sciency information, so let's take a deep breath. (sighs) Better. Now let's turn our attention to glutamine's role in gut health. Glutamine takes center stage as a crucial contributor in maintaining optimal gut health. Its primary utilization by intestinal endothelium showcases its unique importance in the intricate tapestry of digestive well-being. Numerous studies underscore the profound impact of glutamine on intestinal physiology and its crucial role in managing various gastrointestinal diseases. Glutamine has been identified as a catalyst for enterocyte proliferation. Enterocytes are specialized cells lining the inner surface of the small intestine in the digestive tract. These cells play a vital role in the absorption of nutrients from the partially digested food that passes through the digestive system. Enterocytes have microvilli on their surface, which are tiny projections that increase the surface area available for absorption. The primary function of enterocytes is to absorb nutrients such as sugars, amino acids, and fatty acids from the lumen of the intestine into the bloodstream. This absorption is crucial for providing the body with essential nutrients required for energy production, growth, and maintenance of various physiologic functions. Enterocytes are also involved in the transport of electrolytes and water, contributing to the maintenance of fluid balance in the body. Additionally, these cells play a role in immune defense by preventing the entry of harmful substances and microorganisms from the intestine into the bloodstream. Overall, enterocytes are integral to the digestive and absorption functions of the small intestine, playing a key role in nutrient absorption and contributing to the overall well-being of the organism. Glutamine plays a key role in fostering the growth and renewal of cells lining the intestinal walls. Glutamine deficiency is commonly linked to damaged mucosa and altered intestinal permeability, aka leaky gut. As you might have guessed, we have a podcast series diving deep into leaky gut, episodes 7 and 8, if you missed it. Great conversation, a vitally important conversation for overall health and longevity. As Hippocrates said several thousand years ago, disease starts in the gut. The primary energy sources for intestinal lining cells are glutamine and butyrate. Ah, butyrate. What should we say about our short-chain fatty acid friend? Good things, my friends. 
we will do a dedicated podcast episode on butyrate because it is that important. Lots of things are important. Totally not related, (laughs) but many years ago when I was unfortunately in a highly toxic and abusive relationship, I am no longer involved with this individual. We were in counseling (laughs) and he was raising his voice complaining about my youngest son, Kevin, and his messy habits. He was around 15 at this time. Who isn't messy at 15? I sure as heck was. The therapist calmly stated that his laundry list of woes was likely overwhelming to me. She did not know the extent of abuse at that time. No one did. Well, except, of course, for my ex and myself, and likely my children, though I tried to shield them as best I could. She suggested that he choose one or two complaints that were the most important. He literally stood up, waving his arms maniacally, shouting, It's all important! That was a turning point for me. Anyway, it's all important. Friends, humor is how I deal and process with most things. Don't judge. Adequate glutamine levels are crucial for digestion and the normal metabolic functions of the intestines, especially during periods of stress when glutamine becomes conditionally essential. Research has highlighted the role of glutamine in maintaining the integrity of the gut barrier structure and reducing damage to the intestinal cell wall. The influence of glutamine extends to kidney function, where it helps control pH balance and eliminate acids. Studies suggest that glutamine can enhance bowel function, particularly in individuals with short bowel syndrome and other gastrointestinal conditions involving extensive intestinal surgery, including transplantation. Glutamine plays a vital role in the maintenance of gut integrity by regulating tight junction proteins. This function is essential for controlling the permeability of the intestinal barrier, preventing unwanted substances from crossing into the bloodstream. Glutamine provides the building blocks necessary for the synthesis of proteins and molecules that fortify the structural integrity of the intestinal barrier, preventing unwanted permeability. By fine-tuning the regulation of these tight junctions, glutamine helps prevent breaches in the gut barrier, maintaining a vigilant defense against the entry of harmful agents. An exciting aspect of glutamine's impact on gut health lies in its ability to suppress pro-inflammatory signaling pathways. This anti-inflammatory action contributes to a balanced immune response within the digestive system. Glutamine demonstrates its protective capabilities by conferring resistance against apoptosis, the programmed cell death process. This resilience is crucial during both normal physiological conditions and pathological challenges the gut might face. In pathological conditions such as gastrointestinal diseases like celiac disease, GERD, gastroesophageal reflux disease, or IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, glutamine showcases its versatility. Its multifaceted contributions include mitigating cellular stresses, bolstering immune responses, and aiding in the repair and regeneration of damaged intestinal tissues. In times of stress, 
illness, or other challenges, the demand for glutamine may surge. Mucosal cells and the intestinal barrier, being dynamic entities, rely on an ample supply of glutamine to adapt and respond effectively to these challenges. Glutamine's provision during such periods becomes a crucial factor in the dynamic resilience of the mucosal layer and the overall robustness of the intestinal barrier. Recognizing the pivotal role of glutamine in preserving mucosal health and intestinal barrier function underscores the importance of dietary choices. A well-balanced diet that includes glutamine-rich foods becomes an integral aspect of nurturing gut resilience. We will get into which foods are best for boosting glutamine in a bit. In essence, the partnership between glutamine, mucosal cells, and intestinal barrier function is a nuanced dance where the supply and regulation of this amino acid contribute significantly to the vitality and strength of the gut's protective mechanisms. Segment 3, Glutamine Immune Connection. We briefly touched on the immune connection, but you know me. I want to go just a little bit deeper. Glutamine metabolism stands as a critical player in orchestrating immune responses, particularly through its profound impact on lymphocyte and macrophage functions. Lymphocytes are a type of white blood cell, a crucial component of the immune system. They are responsible for recognizing and responding to specific pathogens such as viruses and bacteria. There are two main types of lymphocytes, T-cells, T-lymphocytes, and B-cells, B-lymphocytes. T-cells play a central role in the immune response. They are involved in cell-mediated immunity, meaning they directly attack infected or abnormal cells. There are various types of T-cells, including helper T-cells, cytotoxic T-cells, and T-regulatory cells. Helper T-cells coordinate the immune response by activating other immune cells, while cytotoxic T-cells directly attack and destroy infected or damaged cells. Regulatory T-cells help modulate the immune system, preventing it from attacking healthy cells. B-cells are involved in humoral immunity, which involves the production of antibodies. When B-cells encounter a specific pathogen, they can transform into plasma cells, which produce antibodies. Antibodies are proteins that recognize and neutralize pathogens, marking them for destruction by other immune cells. B-cells also contribute to immunological memory, allowing the immune system to respond more rapidly to familiar pathogens upon subsequent exposures. Macrophages are another type of white blood cell that play a key role in the immune system. They are phagocytes, meaning they can engulf and digest foreign particles, dead cells, and debris. Macrophages are essential for initiating the immune response by presenting antigens to T-cells. This presentation helps activate T-cells, triggering an immune response. The activation of lymphocytes is intricately linked to glutamine with its necessity 
extending to the differentiation of B lymphocytes into plasma cells and lymphoblasts. Notably, the role of glutamine is not confined to B cells alone. T lymphocytes also heavily depend on glutamine for their fundamental processes, encompassing proliferation, protein synthesis, antibody production, and the generation of interleukin-2, IL-2, which is a pro-inflammatory cytokine. Remember cytokines? Those chemical messengers. In the realm of macrophage activation, glutamine metabolism emerges as a key regulator. It exerts influence over the synthesis and secretion of pro-inflammatory cytokines, including interleukin-1, IL-1, tumor necrosis factor alpha, TNF-alpha, and interleukin-6, IL-6. This underscores the integral role of glutamine in shaping the immune response, particularly in the context of inflammatory reactions. Additionally, the metabolic pathway involving glutamine contributes to the production of alpha-ketoglucarate, AKG, a metabolite that plays a pivotal role in immune regulation. Specifically, alpha-ketoglutarate is implicated in promoting the differentiation of M2 macrophages. M2 macrophages are known for their anti-inflammatory properties and involvement in tissue repair and resolution of inflammation. Glutamine's involvement in immune cell functions extend beyond a mere metabolic substrate. It serves as a key orchestrator in the intricate processes of lymphocyte activation, macrophage regulation, and the overall modulation of immune responses. Understanding these roles sheds light on the potential therapeutic implications of targeting glutamine metabolism in various immunological contexts. The study of glutamine metabolism in the context of cancer and exploring therapeutic interventions aimed at targeting glutamine metabolism for the treatment of cancer is of particular interest, and there are numerous studies discussing this connection, some of which I have linked below in the show notes. We won't go into the weeds today discussing glutamine and cancer because it is a very deep rabbit hole, my friends. If you are interested in a dedicated show on this topic, let me know and I will give you a shout out. We need to remember that even over-the-counter supplements or medications may have downstream effects, positive or negative, or a mix of both. I highly recommend partnering with your healthcare practitioner with regards to your specific needs and concerns. Segment 4, Food Sources of Glutamine. You know I love talking about food. Diet and lifestyle first is my motto. Let's get into some foods that are high in glutamine. Protein-rich meats like beef, chicken, turkey, lamb, and pork. Fish like salmon and tuna are also excellent sources of glutamine. Dairy products, if you eat dairy, that is. I feel my best dairy-free, unfortunately. I do miss cheese. Milk, yogurt, and cheese are great sources of glutamine. Eggs, particularly the egg whites, are a good source of glutamine. I would recommend eating the whole egg. 
The yolk has a multitude of benefits, including containing choline. Choline, an essential nutrient. This nutrient serves as a crucial source of methyl groups essential for numerous metabolic processes. I love a good methyl group. Shout out to my genetics. <laughs> the synthesis of phosphatidylcholine and sphingomyelin, pivotal phospholipids vital for cell membranes, relies on the presence of choline. Consequently, the structural integrity of all plant and animal cells is contingent on an adequate supply of choline. Furthermore, choline plays a key role in the production of acetylcholine, a neurotransmitter essential for various brain and nervous system functions, including memory, mood regulation, and muscle control. Beyond these functions, choline also contributes significantly to gene expression, modulation, cell membrane signaling, lipid transport and metabolism, and the early stages of brain development. Have I convinced you yet to not throw away that egg yolk? Plant-based proteins like beans, lentils, and chickpeas are great sources of glutamine. Soy is another, tofu and tempeh. I have been on quite the tempeh kick recently. It is so good. Quinoa, nuts, and seeds, especially sunflower seeds and almonds, are also great sources. Vegetables like cabbage, spinach, asparagus, cauliflower, and beets. Grains like barley and wheat have a fair amount of glutamine. I don't eat gluten, so I don't consume either of these grains. I do consume oats and buckwheat, two decent sources of glutamine. There is a website and app called My Food Data where you can look up food sources for whatever nutrient you're interested in knowing more about. I will link it up in the show notes. I use Chronometer in my practice, which is also a free app and displays macronutrients and micronutrients, which I find very helpful when partnering with my clients on their wellness journey. It does not, unfortunately, show glutamine, just the essential amino acids. I do recommend Chronometer because of all it does provide, and it's free. But if you're looking for a specific nutrient and food sources, check out the link in the show notes for my food data. Okay, I know you have been waiting for this moment. Segment 5, Glutamine Supplementation. L-glutamine is available either on its own or as an ingredient within protein supplements. These formulations can be in the form of powders, capsules, tablets, or liquids. Let's break this down, shall we? We need to think about why we are supplementing with glutamine. Do we have gut issues? Do we have leaky gut? Are we going to be able to break down a tablet? I have had clients taking PPIs for years who poop out whole pills. They are clearly not breaking down their medications. How about nutrients? Are they able to absorb their nutrients? PPIs is for another day, friends. I need to stay focused and on task. Capsules may be a better bet, but we still have to dissolve that shell. I prefer powder. It's easy to use, mixes really well in water or some type of liquid you're using. It's also easy to alter the dose. Dose matters, as does brand and length of time supplementing. 
Just because a company puts on the label that it has three grams of L-glutamine doesn't mean that it does or that it's high quality. Please, I urge you to partner with your practitioner who can order through a reputable source. This supplement, if it is deemed appropriate for you at this point in your wellness journey. A lot of products contain other ingredients. They may list them as proprietary ingredients. Typically, I prefer not to use a product like this because you don't really know how much of the extra grouped ingredients you're getting. You may not want all the extra ingredients anyhow, or maybe you do. (laughs) It depends. Typical response, isn't it? Now let's talk about the dose. It ranges from about 2 grams to 30 grams per day in divided doses depending on the situation. If I put someone on, say, 15 grams per day, I will start them on 5 grams per day for a few days, see how they do, then add in the second dose and then the third. I am definitely somewhat conservative with supplementation or medication and don't like to do too much too fast. If someone has leaky gut, the answer is typically not to just take glutamine. First, we have to find out the cause of leaky gut and work on that. Depending on the cause or causes or other issues going on, I may add in oregano or berberine. We may need to do an elimination diet, which is the gold standard for food sensitivities and intolerances. We may need to add in digestive enzymes if there is a deficiency or symptoms suggestive of this. We may add in quercetin or green tea. Again, it depends on the individual situation. For those in need of extra support for wound healing or just general intestinal support, 2 to 4 grams per day may be sufficient versus someone with advanced disease or who is critically ill. They may need a higher dose. The length of time will depend on the need for its use and, of course, you. You matter the most. How are you responding? What are your symptoms? Generally, I aim for four weeks and then reassess. Sometimes I recommend a few days only. Of course, it depends. Remember that truck that my husband and I test drove that spiraled me into getting really sick? Gotta love toxic chemicals. I ended up with a tooth infection and just completed a round of antibiotics. Definitely do not like taking antibiotics, but sometimes, friends, we need them. I switched up my probiotics, added in a little Saccharomyces boulardii. No one wants to get a yeast infection, am I right? I also did a short course of glutamine, not the hefty dose I may recommend for someone with known dysbiosis, just enough to support my gut health. I also made sure to feed all the wonderful microbes cohabitating with me. I ramped up fermented foods. I also switched it up opted for the sauerkraut this past week and kimchi, also grabbed a couple of packs of tempeh and cooked that up. I typically put a little dairy-free yogurt in my smoothie, but I also ate a lot more later in the day with my second dose of antibiotics. I prioritized lots of veggies and grabbed a few I hadn't had in a while, like rainbow peppers and that super versatile and tasty Konjac rice. 
I also made sure to listen to my body with regards to exercise. Some days, all I did was stretch. If I felt up to it, I walked. I paid attention to my sleep. I do like tracking devices, especially those that show heart rate variability. I'm looking at trends, not absolute numbers. I made it through the round of antibiotics unscathed. If all we do is take the pill or the powder or potion or whatever, whether it's a prescription or a supplement, if that's all we do, end of story, we are missing the mark. We can't outrun a poor diet, sedentary lifestyle, lack of sleep, poor mindset. If all we want is a magical supplement, can we truly heal? What is your motivation for change? What is your why? For me, I want to have energy. I want to feel comfortable in my own skin. I want to be pain-free. I lived so many years of my life crying on a daily basis from pain. I want to be able to run, ride my bike, play in the woods throughout the rest of my life. I want to be mobile. I never knew that I had the power within myself to create the space for true change, for healing. I was always looking outside myself for the answer. The answer was inside me all the time. This is why I have committed to the investment of time for this podcast. I feel called to share this information. I wish I knew years ago what I know now, but I can't go back in time, and frankly, I wouldn't want to. I am comfortable with who I am and where I am right now. We all have this within ourselves. Where was I? Ah, yes, our friend, glutamine. Glutamine taken individually, so as an isolated amino acid, is not something I would typically recommend long term. I typically recommend taking it between meals on an empty stomach and to only mix it with cold liquids, not warm or hot. If you're having GI symptoms and have concerns and wonder if glutamine is something you should consider, I urge you to reach out to your healthcare practitioner and schedule a sit-down to dive deeper into this topic as it relates to you. And on that note, I hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Drop me a comment. Let me know what you think. If you learned something today, share this episode with a friend, family member, or coworker. If you are not already subscribed to the show, why not? Hit that follow button along with the notification bell so you never miss an episode. I've got a great year ahead of episodes coming your way. If you have an idea for a show, follow the links in the show notes. I would love to hear from you. So many of you have reached out wanting to work with me. Some have even signed up for a free consult through my website. While I have thoroughly enjoyed reading your emails, meeting you through my telehealth platform, if you do not currently live in Indiana, I am not at liberty to be your healthcare practitioner at this time. I am in the process of creating educational material that can transcend state and international lines in the form of masterclasses. I'm looking to bring into the fold a certified nutrition counselor and a certified yoga instructor. There will be special beta pricing as the curriculum develops. There is a wait list and I recommend if you are interested reaching out to me 
There are links in the show notes. You can send me a DM, email, and I will add you to the waitlist. I am very passionate about health and wellness getting optimized. I've been on my own wellness journey for quite some time and want to bring as many people with me on this journey towards better health. Thank you so much for spending time with me today, and I will see you very soon. Bye, friends.